Long ago, there existed a kingdom where a golden power lay hidden. It was a prosperous land blessed with green forests, tall mountains, and peace. But one day, a man of great evil found the golden power and took it for himself. With its strength at his command, he spread darkness across the kingdom. But then, when all hope had died and the hour of doom seemed at hand, a young boy clothed in green appeared as if from nowhere. Wielding the blade of evil's bane, he sealed the dark one away and gave the land light. We're talking about the Legend of Zelda. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 3VO, where we're all on the same team. I am one of your hosts, Brendan. And I'm your other host, Jordan. And today we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite video game series ever. It's The Legend of Zelda. Reppin'. <laughs> um, and specifically, we're going to be talking about the latest installment in the series, which is Breath of the Wild. Uh, before we get started in on that, though, hey, Jordan, how the heck are ya? I've been doing pretty good, man. This was an interesting week for me for this episode, since I am incredibly unfamiliar with all things <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> so it was doing a lot of quick catch-up to try to get myself familiar, particularly with this game. Mm. Well, that's okay. Um, I have enough enthusiasm and love for The Legend of Zelda for the both of us, so... Um, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, this is just it's just my episode. It's fine. <laughs> if, if, there, if there is one, specifically one game, like, Brendan does have a pretty good knowledge of, like, video games and stuff like that, but if there's one, like, series in particular Brendan knows his shit on, it is Zelda. I feel like you set me up like to like totally fall on my face knowledge wise later. So oh no, I don't know. I don't mean to imply that <laughs> no. like he knows everything about it. I mean like if there's something he can talk with the most authority on it is Zelda. Well, thank you, Jordan. Um, what are you up to recently? What have you been playing? So I, I I'm literally in the last five percent of the first Kingdom Hearts game. Ooh. <laughs> I'm I'm fighting. I'm mixing it up. It's not Xehanort. It's Ansem. At the ah, end, I think. Mm. Yeah, so I'm in... If you're familiar, I'm, I'm in that last mm -hmm. fight. So I got to the dumb little... I got back to my dumb little island, where it's all uh -huh. messed up now. Right. Everything's Naturally. bad now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I got there, and I fought him the first time with Donald and Goofy. I fought him again without on my own, mm -hmm. which took me two days. <laughs> took me two days to do the second fight, because all of my because all my shit got used up in the first fight. So I had nothing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Is this the one where your fighting came in the, like... The dome? Kind of, yeah. There's like the, the like half like darkness dome that you're kind of in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean yeah, it's it's that one with the weird demon darkness creature. He has. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like the one that you fought at the beginning of the game, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, yes, yes. It gets worse. Buckle oh, up, no. friend. No, I know. So I got done with that fight and I was like, Oh thank god, I'm done. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> Nope. Sora and Donald and Goofy fell into darkness. And a new monologue started playing over, and I texted our buddy Connor, who also loves Kingdom Hearts, and I went, how many times do I have to fight this handsome asshole at the end of the game? And he went, three times. And I went, nope, and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll get there eventually. But I was just like, I can't, I can't. I it's forgot. a lot. I forgot it's Square Enix and their RPGs, and just you, for the, particularly for the last boss, you have to fight four versions of the final boss. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what uh, I'm, I've been doing. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you've been hitting your head against a brick wall. Um, <laughs> uh, I've I just finished playing through um, the Paper Mario game, the newest Paper Mario game, um, Paper Mario and the Origami King. Mm -hmm. uh, delightful, great. I've been wanting to play <laughs> Paper Mario. I've mm. really been wanting to try it. I've seen some clips from the first game, and it looks like it's just Ugh. really delightful and fun. It's quite delightful. No two Paper Mario titles are exactly the same. They're all very different. Um, but Paper Paper Mario and the Origami King was was quite delightful. It's uh, it's a very pleasant game. It's very visually um, beautiful too. Um, I would highly recommend. I I had a great time with it. It's one of those that you don't really get frustrated with it at all, uh, which is nice. <laughs> I could use that right now. I could use something that something that I could play that doesn't frustrate the hell out of me. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, cool. That being said, let's go ahead and jump into what we're here for. 
Let's dive into our main quest here and talk about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, Jordan, you already talked about your experience with Breath of the Wild a little bit, but what about your experience with Legend of Zelda in its entirety? Anything? Yeah, I've never beaten a Legend of Zelda game. <laughs> I've started... Okay. <laughs> I, I, I st ages and ages ago, I started Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And just got stuck at one point. I liked it. I remember really, really liking it and just kind of falling out of play. Because it was the... That was the one that was on the Wii, right? Like mm -hmm. the original Wii? Uh, yes, and the GameCube. They released it for both consoles. Ah, wish I had it on the GameCube because the reason I stopped playing was because I hated the Wii. And oh. I hated the motion <laughs> controls. <laughs> I completely understand. I played that title on the GameCube first as well. And... When I went to replay it, I tried it on the Wii and was equally as frustrated by the motion controls. Cool concept, but like, eh. I love the idea behind it, but yeah, it was just that I, I could do a whole episode of my issues with the Wii as a console itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, um, okay, so you played a little bit of Twilight Princess, but not much else, right? No, because I, I was not a Nintendo kid growing up. My consoles went, I had the original Nintendo, then I had a Sega Genesis, and then mm -hmm. I really didn't get anything new until I got a PlayStation. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've missed like a bunch of like Nintendo titles and stuff like that. I was never a Mario Kart kid. Um, mm -hmm. I never beat Super Mario 64, and so definitely missed the whole Zelda train that oh, happened okay. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that would have been... Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, I'm sorry that you had such a, a terrible childhood, but... <laughs> it does suck, because <laughs> like, I do talk to people about, particularly with Zelda, and there's so much love for the games that I do sometimes feel like I'm missing out. It's... Man, I... So the first Legend of Zelda game that I ever played was Ocarina of Time. And I remember being like, I must have been like six or seven, super itty bitty. Um, the Nintendo 64 at that time was still relatively new. So it was like pretty like a big deal, at least to me, because video games were still really new. Um, and having having the Ocarina of Time was so cool because it was like as close to an open world game could be at that time. Um, and... And I played that for many, many years before I actually beat it because I too got stuck at a part um, that I couldn't figure out. But I was like six, you know. Um, so it was it was something that I played for many, many years. Um, and then I mean that's just where my love of it grew because I I can literally remember being barely big enough to hold the controller and and sitting down and like trying to beat like these enemies and stuff. It's uh, it's very nostalgic for me. Um, so then let me just kind of discuss a little bit about the idea behind The Legend of Zelda for you and for maybe anybody else that's listening that doesn't entirely know about the series or know what its, what its deal is. So The Legend of Zelda series is a series of video games that follow the, you could say that follows the like reincarnated soul of the hero of time, whose name is Link. He's the main character in all of the Legend of Zelda titles. And there's also um, a recurring sort of cast of characters that appear in many different reincarnations over time. And the the story always centers around Link and how he saves the day, essentially, for the kingdom of Hyrule uh, by teaming up with the princess, whose name is Zelda, and defeating the evil Ganon. Or sometimes it's some other villains, but most of the time it's Ganon or Ganondorf or an iteration, a reincarnation of him. So Breath of the Wild focuses on a reincarnation of Link, and um, he's just reawakened from this 100-year rest that the princess actually put him into uh, so that he could recover from these wounds because there was this great war that was happening um, because Ganon was growing more powerful and taking over the kingdom. So Zelda socks him away in this resurrection shrine and it's a hundred years later and that's where you start the game is like you've got to get powerful again. You've got to defeat some bad guys so that you can take out Ganon and save the princess essentially. So for, for full disclosure on my end, um, like I said, I haven't really played any Zelda games, but I did watch a full playthrough of mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild uh, with uh, the YouTube channel uh, Game Grumps. They did a wonderful playthrough of it, which I really liked because um, one of the guys on there is named Aaron Hansen. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to video games, so there was a lot of cool discussion that happened in it too. Mm. Um, the thing that immediately always kind of uh, kind of like was an interesting aspect to me for Breath of the Wild in particular as a Zelda game was the introduction of technology. 
And yeah. essentially, like, modern technology, because, for the lack of a better way to put it, he essentially walks around with an iPhone. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, arguably, it takes pictures and it, it just takes pictures. Other... It gives them information. It's how he contacts people. Like, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, it doesn't. I don't of... mean that in a bad way. I mean, no, it's just yeah. such an interesting way to sort of breed it, to bring Zelda into like a modern time frame. No, in a certain sense. Absolutely. And Nintendo is definitely playing off of the idea there of the actual Switch console itself, um, because in the game, Link holds it in such a way that you would be holding the console. Cause so you kind of feel like the main character, you kind of feel likened to him in that way. If you're playing on handheld mode, of course, if you're playing on like a TV, you don't have that. But, um, but yeah, no, they're definitely playing with the idea of increased technology in the Zelda world. Um, and this is the first iteration of Zelda that really has anything like that. But even still, it's like this foreign, you know, sort of concept to most of the characters. It's still a very, like, archaic, um, kind of medieval way of living uh, in the world for most of the characters. Um, with the exception of, like, the four divine beasts, which are essentially big vehicles. Um, so for anybody who hasn't played the game, the four divine beasts are kind of the... Well, in this game, they're the sort of dungeons or temples that you have to go and clear uh, in order to defeat Ganon at the end of the game. There's four of them, and they're essentially big vehicles that were manned by um, these champions a hundred years prior to the events of the game. Um, and yeah, it's it's technology like nobody has ever seen. It's totally foreign to most people, but it belonged to this ancient race of um, people that lived before the Hylians and everybody else that lives in the kingdom of Hyrule. I love the look of the divine beasts. Those things are so cool. So cool. Very, <laughs> very shadow of the Colossus. Like there's yeah. something to, there's something to in, in a video game, especially when you could feel some things like size and weight and mm-hmm. just like how massive they are. But also there was something cool about the fact, again, I was watching, but um, there's something cool about the fact that they felt like they were a part of the world itself and not just like a level that mm-hmm. you loaded into. Do you know what I mean? Because you could do something like that, but it would feel like there'd be like a cut scene where it shows you going in or it would like da 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 da. But it's just like, you can, from what I know about the game, you could hop on a Divine Beast at any point and you could also get off of it at any point. <laughs> Which uh, makes it very, I mean, like, obviously there's a storyline aspect to it that makes it. That obviously, I mean, I understand that there's a storyline aspect for each one that grants you access to each of the divine beasts. Right. Yeah. However, in theory, at any point, you could just walk up to one of them. Uh, somewhat. Somewhat. Um, there is there is definitely sort of like a a barrier. Um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like there's a barrier very much. So I kind of I kind of see what you're saying. Um, if you if you were actually at the controls, you would kind of understand what I mean. Gotcha. Um, but um, but yeah, no, the divine beasts. You're absolutely right. They're so cool, but also feel like such a part of the world in their design because they look both ancient and also totally advanced, which mm-hmm. is so cool. Very Atlantis, the Lost Empire. <laughs> yes, very much so. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the divine beasts are really cool. Um, I as a Zelda diehard. Um, felt that the Divine Beasts as dungeons were very short (laughs) and not as complicated as I would like. Um, But that's just my own personal opinion. I'm sure that there are people that are out there that were like so thankful that they were actually a little bit simpler. Um, The game Breath of the Wild does a good job of giving puzzles and like challenges to those that seek it out in a different way than is typical for a Zelda title. Um, which I thought was an interesting kind of deviation from most Zelda titles. Um, they have the shrines in breath of the wild, which are scattered across the map. I think there's like 120 of them. I want to say maybe there's a lot of them. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, but they're completely negligible. You don't have to do, um, you don't have to complete all but like five of those shrines to get through the game. Now they help you out. Obviously they boost you up and you get rewarded um, for completing them. However, they're a hundred percent negligible. You don't have to do them at all for the, for the fact of the matter, you don't have to do any of the divine beasts either. You can skip all four of them and still go defeat Ganon. Now go to, go to guys, go defeat the divine beasts. Like go do it. But (laughs) um, you don't have to, which is, 
totally different for a Zelda game. Most of them have been completely linear. Right. And this is... Breath of the Wild is such a deviation from that. It's like Skyrim in in that it was like, ah, forget linear narrative. You can do whatever you want. Well, I would argue it's even different than that a little bit too because even in Skyrim, you can't just like skip to the final boss. In theory, in Breath of the Wild, you can start the game, get out of there, go talk to the old man a few times. You probably need to get the do the glider mission to get the basic story of what's happening. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you could just mob in and go try and try to fight Ganon <laughs> with three hearts. Like it wouldn't yeah, be a good a- idea, but you can absolutely do it. <laughs> the speedrunners do it. I I don't know if you've seen, but the speedrunners that uh, do like um, the summer GDQs, like games done quick, um, they'll go. They'll they'll do it. They'll beat the whole game in like fifteen minutes. It's crazy. Which is such that that to me is what truly makes it an open world game is that. You can beat the game in 30 minutes, or it could take you 20 hours. Like, it's mm-hmm. totally up to how you want to play it and how much you want to explore. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, that all being said, so I know you have limited experience, but are there any characters that stand out to you as, like, some that you really, like, enjoyed to see on the screen while you were watching? Trying to remember some of the names for them. Um, I know I immediately got a crush on, I think it's Sidon. <laughs> the, 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 the Zora... Yes. Prince, Prince I think is what he is. Prince, yes. Prince Sidon. Yes, Prince Sidon. He yes. was just. <laughs> he, it's 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 a it's a very Japanese character type <laughs> of just like the ultimate positive, like kind of like joyous good guy. He even has a pose he does over and over again, which I found delightful as hell. Yeah, yeah that one. I, ju- I was just like, oh my god, he's fucking precious. I love him. Um, he was really good. He's um, also one of my favorites. I adore Prince Sidon. He was and... so much fun to watch. All the characters were really <laughs> fun in this game. Like mm-hmm. all of them, I liked. I liked the. I don't remember her name, but it was the 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 champion from the. I don't know what they're called. They're like the desert women. Oh, the Gerudo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I trust me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I know their divine beast was like the big camel. Yes, Deal. that is okay. the the race of the Gerudo in the Gerudo Desert. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were cool. I thought that whole plot line of just like it just essentially being a tribe of women and mm-hmm. Link had to cross-dress to get in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even though as they showed in the playthrough I watched that you could walk up as Link in like normal garb and they'll be like, get the hell out of here. And you could change right in front of them and they'll go, oh, right this way, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, video uh, games. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's interesting that you bring um bring them up as a as a race of women. So this is something that is probably missing from from your knowledge about Zelda. So allow me if you if you will indulge me. Uh, please um, do a history lesson. So um in many different of in many different reincarnations of the big bad guy Ganon, he is born into the Gerudo tribe. That's like really? the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So the thing with the Gerudo is that they don't have zero men born into their society it's that they have one born into their um society once in a great while it's usually a span of like a hundred years oh wow that person is designated as the king of the gerudo i see okay so like in so like in the ocarina of time storyline which we're not here to talk about today but allow us um in the ocarina of time storyline he is the king of the Gerudo. And he's actually, you see him as as young Link in Ocarina of Time. You see him, like, pledging allegiance to the king of Hyrule. Um, even though he's, you know, going to try to overthrow the kingdom and all of that later on. But yeah, no, he's like a guy. He's a Gerudo. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, didn't mm-hmm. know that. Uh-huh, yeah. It's, it's sort of, it's sort of touched on a little bit in Breath of the Wild, when you free the divine beast from the Gerudo Desert, the big camel, and you free the spirit of the champion, um, Urbosa, she has, like, a little monologue at the end when, like, the divine beast is going to where it's going. Um, she says she says something to the effect of, oh, that, like, the spirit of Calamity Ganon has in the past reincarnated as a Gerudo, so it's personal. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay, it's a little gotcha. thing. That's one of the things that I love the most about 
Breath of the Wild is there's so many little things that are layered in that are really rewarding for people who have played lots of the Zelda titles. Like, even little things, like, the name of this stupid pond is, like, named after a character from a previous iteration. It's just things like that. That's fun. Yeah. Or, like, the Divine Beasts. Those are all named after, um significant characters from the past really Mm-hmm. okay yeah. that's cool so like uh divine beast varuta it who's the the zora's divine beast right she's named after princess ruto who's the princess of the zora in the ocarina of time oh okay yeah it's little things like that there is a there's a cool thing that i do know about with the zelda series is that there's a bunch of stuff there's a bunch of little like tie-ins Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily like story to story, like not, not everything is like a direct sequel and whatnot, Mm-mm. but there's little things that kind of like create a loose linear path, I guess. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> because there, there was one game that, uh, to, to put it in a lack of a better way, but essentially announced that everything was in some way sort of tied together, right? Okay. So, <laughs> um, it's, there, there is like a Zelda timeline, which we could do a whole episode talking about. I was going to say, do we just need to do a whole episode on just explaining <laughs> the Zelda timeline? <laughs> uh, I, maybe two. It's it's convoluted. But, uh, well, uh, Polygon Channel did it in, like, 15 minutes, so maybe not. But They're the, Polygon. That's what they, they like, they, <laughs> that, they, that, that was like a dare they had in the office. <laughs> um, we could explain Zelda in 15 minutes. No, you fucking can. Watch me. <laughs> um, but anyways, no, the, um, the timeline, each game that comes out fits somewhere in the timeline. Ocarina of Time is where the timeline splits. And there's... Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> there's, like, one timeline, and it starts with, like, Skyward Sword. Uh, that's, like, the beginning beginning. And then it goes from there. And then Ocarina of Time, it splits off. There's a timeline where Ganondorf wins... And then there's a timeline where Ganondorf loses, which splits into if Link decides to stay a child or if Link decides to stay as an adult. This is probably very confusing for anyone who has not played Ocarina of Time at all. We don't we don't have the time to get into <laughs> no, it. But you no. said that okay, just to, just so I can make sure I kinda get this very quickly. You said that Skyward Sword is the beginning of the timeline. Yes. Okay, Skyward Sword is like game nine. <laughs> Also, yes. When they actually came out. (laughs) Also, yes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um It's 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 one of those things. It's one of those things. Like I said, we could do a whole episode where I explain the timeline to you, and that might be wonderfully hysterical, but we don't have time for all of that now. It would just it would just be 45 minutes of you talking and then me going, okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> just hold on. Let me <laughs> Me like trying to keep it together. <laughs> um Yes. Anyway, so so Breath of the Wild, I actually don't know where it fits on the timeline. Um, I think arguably it could be pre the events of Ocarina of Time, but I don't think it's officially been placed in the timeline. My guess with the way that they talk about it would be that it would, this would be my guess and you could tell me if you know more. It's gotta be after. My, 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 my uh, guess would be, you could tell me if you know more and if I'm wrong, my guess would be it would have to be the most recent incarnation, technically, because they talk about the fact that this has happened, because I feel like I've picked up dialogue that they talk about the fact that this has happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Each, essentially, each title, each, like, main Zelda title is mm-hmm. a reincarnation of Link and Princess Zelda and Ganon in some way. There are right. some ti- there are some titles that happen or occur within like the same, um, like they overlap or they're happening at the same time. How yeah. I'm, I feel or like, I'm like kind of like semi sequels, because because yeah. I know that um because because I've seen other playthroughs of it and I know that um um Majora's Mask isn't right. It's kind of like a one off, but is still sort of tangentially a sequel to. Ocarina of Time? Yes, so it, it, it is. It's the title that immediately follows um, Ocarina of Time as far as chronological release. 
Um, and it follows the events of the timeline after Ocarina of Time in the timeline where Link wins and decides to stay a child. We can't. We, we, we have to give back to the game we were talking about. We can't keep doing this. We I know. Can't. <laughs> okay. I don't okay. want to get into the whole thing of decides to stay a child. It's <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Were there any other characters that you really enjoyed? Because um, I one of my favorite characters is Hestu, who's one of the Koroks. The Koroks. So the Koroks are the the little uh, wood people that have the seeds. Oh my god, is he the one with the maracas? <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, he was immediately the best. Oh yeah, no, he's 100% my favorite. The moment I saw him just like shimmy his little maracas to give you more, to give you like more room in your inventory, I was just like, this dude is amazing, he's precious. And I also, I also love all the little like seed people that you find too. All the Koroks, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you found out watching the playthrough, if you drop stuff on them, they kind of go like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which happens all too often by accident. <laughs> um, so I, I also really enjoy, um, Princess Zelda in this title actually a lot because she's normally... I don't want to say like a forgotten character because that's not right, but normally she doesn't have such like, um like, an effect on the storyline. And what's cool about Breath of the Wild specifically is um, what they did was... Part of part of the thing is that Link doesn't have his memories from 100 years ago when he wakes up. So part of it is you can go and collect these assorted memories and piece together the events of 100 years ago, which is really great to walk through um, and would highly recommend it if you haven't. Um, they're pretty easy to find. Um, and there's only a dozen and then plus one. So 13 total memories. Um, but you get a really good like snapshot of this reincarnation of Princess Zelda, who is awesome. She's like a scholar. She's really like, um, really knowledgeable and she's got like her hands in what's happening as far as the like war effort because part of the events are they're gearing up for the return of Calamity Ganon so they're trying to unearth this ancient technology which is which is how the divine beasts get involved and she's like out there she wants to like do it and like be a part of it partially because she's um not been able to get in in touch with her innate spiritual powers given to her by the goddess um so she's like trying to compensate a little bit so it's really interesting to see this kind of princess zelda who's like got really like internal strife going on it sounds yeah, bad this, but like <laughs> no no this from what i understand from again a, a passing knowledge of anything zelda related but it mm -hmm. seems like this is the one in which that the character of zelda has the most agency if that makes sense mm-hmm uh, in terms of including like <laughs> of her own character and her own choices, but also the effect on the story itself, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, it's she's definitely impactful. I would say to the storyline, absolutely, because she is the she does come into her own. Spoiler alert! But she does come into her own, um, and and discover her powers uh, from the goddess Hylia, and is able to seal away Ganon, which is why she's been able to um, lock. Link away and keep Ganon at bay for the hundred years that Link has been recovering. That's yeah. part of part of the whole thing. Which um, makes her such a badass, is that she's she's held off Ganon for a hundred years. It, she's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but prior to that, the storyline with her, the narrative was she hadn't been able to get in touch with these powers, and she was under a lot of pressure from her father, the king, to kind of get her nose out of the books and out of the the war effort and get it back onto getting in touch with these powers because that is what she needed to be focusing on. So she was really like at odds with herself because she prayed every day and she like couldn't get in touch with these powers. She couldn't do anything. And she was like finally kind of feeling like, oh, I'm making a difference because I'm doing what I can do and what I am good at. And then she kind of got it stripped away by her dad. It's a whole thing. Um, Really rewarding. And you got this weird little mute bastard following you around everywhere you go. Just like, <laughs> what the fuck is his deal? <laughs> uh, for those of you that didn't catch, Link doesn't really talk in the video games. Uh, so that's who Jordan was referring to. Um, 
yeah, um, but that's, yeah, collecting the memories and seeing all of that is one of my favorite parts um, of this of this game. Uh, are there, was there anything that stood out to you? Any, like, cool moments uh, in the playthrough? There was just something, so um, there's, there's a point uh, made in a, in a different video that I watched about Zelda specifically by the dude from the Game Grumps, Aaron Hansen. Um, I'll link it to you at some point. I didn't want to share it to you on this one, but um, he talks about um, how video games are used as an art form in terms of like how you experience it and how linear gameplay has kind of screwed that up a little bit because then you're more being taken on a ride than you are experiencing these things mm. on your own and getting the chance to explore it yourself. Mm. And I feel like Breath of the Wild kind of took that lesson and ran with it because there was just so many moments of watching. Again, I'm watching the gameplay, but there was just like uh, a couple examples was just a moment that the dude's just running around his link, like, trying to get to, like, a shrine or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the guy he's playing the game with just goes, what the hell is that? And he looks over into a canyon, and there's just a fire dragon just, like, <laughs> floating along in this canyon. Yes, did And he's just like, yeah, he's just like can you go do anything with that? Can you land on it? It's just like, I don't think so, but, like, there it is. It was just cool that it was just, like, just this really cool creature that existed. Mm-hmm. Or no. even just stuff where they were running around again, and they just, like, they were looking at the big volcano where you end up. Death uh, for the yeah. For for the for the for one of the divine beasts. Yes, yeah. And it's just like he just zoomed in on it, and you could and you could just watch this thing just crawling along the volcano, mm -hmm. and it just exists again. It's just another example of just yeah, it's a part of the world. It exists in the world. It's just like stuff like that of the way, and even just the simplest thing of just like how, like again, like you could start the game and just go fight Ganon, or you could just like spend you could probably waste twelve to fifteen hours at least just. <laughs> exploring the world and looking at things and trying things out and going to shrines or finding the memories and stuff like that was just like it truly made a really good example of just like this is of really utilizing a video game as it's as a different art form than like music or tv or film yeah and that's a really that's a really awesome point you're absolutely right um it's it's immersive in that way and it's completely it's a like completely open world you can go anywhere and do anything pretty much and if you can climb up to that rock you can climb up to that rock and you can look at the view and everything else and you can discover things that you hadn't seen before like dragons um and other creatures there's things that i'm still discovering and i've played through mm -hmm. this game twice and there's still areas that i haven't seen before shrines that i haven't collected um creatures i haven't seen um pictures of you know rocks that i haven't taken you know because there's a whole a camera thing um but yeah no absolutely totally immersive totally expansive um totally rad <laughs> that should be the tagline <laughs> yeah totally rad and just and just the look i love the look of the game uh, yeah i just like i know i know nintendo is always for their title specifically are always pretty on point when it comes to aesthetics mm-hmm but just, mm -hmm. like, for some reason, the look of Breath of the Wild just, like, really, really catches me. It's just such a gorgeous-looking game. Mm -hmm. And the design of everything is just, like, it's so... Like, sometimes... I, I can't think of an example, but sometimes you'll play something and you'll see something in the world and you're like, the design doesn't fit for some mm -hmm. reason. It doesn't mesh. Just like, it doesn't mesh, yeah. Like, every... You know, every enemy, every weapon, every rock, it just it looks perfect for the way the game looks. I would have to agree with you there. Um, another one of my, like, favorite things about, like, playing through, um, the, like, intended storyline is actually, uh, fighting the Divine Beast, not clearing the Divine Beast, not, like, going in and clearing out the dungeon aspect of the Divine Beast, but actually, like, being on the ground and fighting with the, uh, characters that you meet along the way, fighting with, um, Riju of the Gerudo, Sidon of the Zora, Teba of the Rito and Unobo from the Goron, um, actually like fighting the divine beasts and like kind of quelling them to get in. It's really cool because usually Link is like a one man band and just kind of does everything. And mm -hmm. uh, it was really cool to like have to partner up with other characters. Um, it just made you feel more attached to that like portion of the journey, I felt. Yeah. And that each one really had like its own 
sort of like journey and plot line to follow throughout too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like because I, I, again, I've uh, passing knowledge, but um, from what I from what I've seen in other Zelda games is that it's like it's sort of even if it does kind of have that aspect of like the the Gorons and the Zoras and stuff like that, it's sort of show up, get a monologue about the people, and then go do the quest. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this. I mean, like I mean, that's that's partially like due to the time of game design and how things were done back then. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like knocking it. I'm just saying it was kind of nice to see it feel a bit more immersive this time around. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so I have a question. I don't know if you saw in your in your studies, um, but did you get to see any of the like the DLC with like the Master Trials or the Champions Ballad questline it, stuff? It, it, it was there. I didn't get to check out the DLC at all, though. Okay, that's okay. Um, there's some really, really great content that was made um, available in the Champions Ballad, which is the expansion pass number two for Breath of the Wild. Um, there's a whole lot of quests that are opened up as a result of it and like a bunch new sh- of new shrines. Um, but the really cool part is that you get more memories and you get to see more of the storyline specifically focused on when Princess Zelda goes and asks the four different champions from the four different races to actually be the champions of their people and pilot the divine beasts. So you get some really, really cool, cool moments. Yeah, you get some really cool moments. Um, one of them is a moment where she's actually asking Mifa, who's the Zora champion, to to be the, the champion. Um, uh, it's 100 years ago, and Sidon is, like, this big. Ah! And, ah! and Mifa is teaching him to jump up waterfalls. You have to go watch. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I'm not gonna go watch because in <laughs> rewatching the in watching the gameplay in prep for this episode, mm-hmm. it really made me want to play the game. Ah! So I'll be yes. I'll be getting myself a copy of Breath of the Wild here at some point, and I'll be playing through it. It worked. No. <laughs> <laughs> this was this is the plan the whole time. This is why mm-hmm. you wanted to do the podcast. Yep. This was just. <laughs> Okay, guys, two episodes. Goal. Two we're episodes done. were done. We're not doing it anymore. He just wanted me to play Breath of the Wild. Ah, uh, that's sweet. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you want to see Sidon this big going ding. 100%. Go. <laughs> go do it. Um, Got it. Uh, on that note, the DLC, um, I think, is pretty pretty worth it. There's some really cool things that are in the um, first expansion pass. Um that are made available you have the whole master trials which are like this really cool series of um challenges that are made to um help you make the master sword which is like the ultimate weapon in the game help you make it even better and have it be like full powered all of the time oh okay yeah which is a really cool thing but it's these um (laughs) it's like three different challenges it's like easy medium and hard and you have to go through all three of them to fully power up the master sword um and when you're in a like a level you can't die or else you have to start over and they take everything away that's the other thing they take all of your equipment all of your armor all of your weapons away and it's just you and the stuff in the challenge oh there's there's an island like that in breath of the wild that you can do yes yes it's just like that island except you're in shrine territory so it's set up kind of like a shrine yeah yeah it's really cool actually and it's very challenging um but but really worth it especially to get the full boosted powered um master sword sounds like it i love how they did sorry to jump back a little bit but i love how they did the master sword in the game too Mm. and like how you get it just felt really like personal and cool yeah no absolutely that whole moment is just where he like lifts the sword up and then it plays that that little thing that's like as a zelda fan the little musical like clues that are layered throughout everything is like very cool to see because just the music in general in the game is great like even the little moments like Mm -hmm. talking about your your dude uh, um, who gives who's got the maracas with uh-huh. a little chime even just like I found myself delighted by the music when you but not even the music technically it's the sound but the sound when you're cooking food mm, yes it was just as yeah. was like duh, 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 duh. and I was yeah. just like this is everything about this game was just so thoroughly thought through mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely um but but even even the actual like musical moments less less foley but even the, like the musical moments there's almost a vocabulary of musical like 
like clips that has been established for um legend of zelda if you've been playing it over the years so it just it 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 takes me back to that time when i was a kid and i was playing through even like opening a chest everybody knows this sound the like that is the chest opening sound that's always been the chest opening sound it always will be the chest opening sound or the like you've got a new item like similar uh similar thing it's the same same sound um it's really cool to have those moments be like unblemished almost in the in that aspect yeah, it's, it's sort of kind of, it seems like it kind of took that as a way, it, it kind of took that and went like, look, the, the the people who've been playing this for years and years and years know what this is, so we don't need to like mm-hmm. stop for it. Like, people know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> We've made it to the bonus round. Uh, Jordan, uh, what, do you, what do you have for us? Well, it seems like we've spent a lot of time trying to prove that you know a lot about Zelda. Mm-hmm. I'm here to prove that wrong, Brendan. Oh, no! Gotcha, journalism! Yeah. Here we go! Oh, here we go. See, I'm going to is... prove once and for all that Brendan doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about when it comes See, to Zelda. I knew that we were going to have this. I knew that it was going to be like this when we started the episode and you set me up. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is where I fall on my face. You're going to ask something very easy and I'm going to be like, Duh. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be slightly more complicated than that. Oh, no. You've heard of the fun party game? You've heard the fun game uh, Two Truths and a Lie? Uh-huh. We're playing Two Lies and a Truth. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to give you three facts. And okay. you have to determine which one is the absolute truth. Okay. And when I say absolute truth, I mean it's because the two things that are lies are based on a truth. I've just great. changed some like details oh. around about it. So they're, Lovely. it's all it's all based around truth. The only one is it's really true. say the true truth. <laughs> the true truth. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. I'm game. Let's try. Pray for me. Alright. <laughs> Alright. So number one. So again, it's gonna be three things. Mm-hmm. Only one is the truth. So <clears throat> Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Zelda. Also created Super Mario Brothers and Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. That's one. Breath of, Breath of the Wild had an 8-bit prototype. That's number two. The design of Link was based off the classic character, Robin Hood. I will repeat any that you would like me to repeat. Um. Okay, so Shigeru Miyamoto made Legend of Zelda, uh, Super Smash, not Super Smash, Mario, and what other game? Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, or... Uh, Link is based on Robin Hood, or Breath of the Wild had an 8-bit prototype. Uh, I'm... These, like, are all feasible. (laughs) I think the first one is only partially true. I don't think he made Sonic. That sounds bad. That sounds wrong to me. Bad. Um... Link being based off Robin Hood sounds plausible, but also totally wrong. <laughs> um, and Breath of the Wild having an 8-bit prototype. Like, why bother? I'm going to go with Link is based on Robin Hood final answer. But that's the truth? Yes. Incorrect. Of course. <laughs> Link's looking design was actually based off of Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. Okay. Now, a, a, talking original design, like that first game, way back. very first game. Yeah, okay. going way back. Okay. The the truth is actually that Breath of the Wild had an eight bit prototype. See, okay, I was right about Shigeru Miyamoto because I know he's Zelda, but he, 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 he Mario and Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Oh, okay, okay, was okay. the truth. See, yeah. I that sounded like one that you had changed the details about. Okay, that was so yeah, it. That was so it had an eight bit prototype. Um, I looked into it a little bit, but yeah, it was essentially just an eight bit prototype to kind of to kind of go. Here's the idea of the open world we want to do. Huh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's a big Nintendo thing is that they'll do like a smaller concept to make it work. Like, um, a good example is Mario 64. Mm-hmm. If you ever gotten to the part where you chase the rabbit around, like, yeah. one of the, like the little rooms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the original concept was just like, can you just make Mario running around chasing something fun? 
Oh, interesting. And so that was the original concept, and then they just took that and ran with it. They left it in as okay. like an Easter egg. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so thus far, not the Zelda mastermind that we thought you were, Brendan. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was a hard one. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. <clears throat> the world record for beating The Legend of Zelda, game one, is 15 minutes and 32 seconds. Zelda was named after author F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. The franchise has been on at least seven consoles to date. Okay. The one about the world record sounds totally feasible, because that game is broken as hell. The <laughs> second one, I actually know this detail. It's not... Um, it's, it's his daughter? Oh, now I'm not sure. Oh wait, no no no. Oh, God, what's the detail? No no no. I'm I'm mixing up my trivia. Um because oh god, what's his name? We were just talking about him before we started. Um, You're talking about um, Robin, Robin Williams his daughter Robin Zelda. Robin Williams. His daughter's name is Zelda and it's based off the video game. So maybe I'm maybe I'm messing that up. Maybe it is this way. What was the third one? <laughs> the franchise has been on at least seven consoles to date. Seven consoles. I'm all, uh, Super Nintendo, or NES, SNES, GameCube, Game Boy, many Game Boys. Do those all count? It does include, this fact does include the, the handheld okay. versions. So that's like, I mean, that's like Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, DS, 3DS. That's like six right there. <laughs> And I know because I played them on all of those. <laughs> um, is, so is the fact only seven or seven or more? <laughs> I just, I'm not giving you any more details than that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, gosh. Um, so, this is where everybody is going to be like, fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I didn't know it either, but also fake fan. <laughs> um, so let's go with the second one because I think I was conflating my trivia facts. The one the about one Zelda about... being named after Scott's wife. Wife, yes. You are correct. Yes, <laughs> that one is totally true. You almost psyched yourself out. I almost, you almost did. Out. Almost did. <laughs> and I knew immediately what you were doing. So the full truth for the other ones are the world record for being Legend of Zelda is 27 minutes and 40 seconds. 27 okay. minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. Okay. And then the, and then at the time of when I looked up these facts, uh, Zelda had been on at least 15 different consoles. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So one for two. We're doing okay. <laughs> Let's see how we do with this one. <clears throat> Soul Calibur 3 on the Xbox featured Link as an additional fighter. Hmm. Link has only spoken twice, saying "Come on" and "Wind Waker" and "Giddy Up" while whilst riding Apona um, in the Twilight Princess. The Octoroks are the only enemies to appear in every Zelda game. Ooh, that's a good one. I saved this one for last because <clears throat> I figured this would be particularly tricky. Okay, what was the first one again? Uh, Soul Calibur 3 on the Xbox featured Link mm. as an additional fighter. Mm. Okay, um, I know it's not that one because it was Soul Calibur 2 in which Link appeared as an extra fighter. Um, the one about Octoroks could totally be true. I'm trying to think of a Zelda game wherein there weren't Octoroks in some variation. I'm coming up short. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what was the second one? <laughs> uh, Link has only spoken twice. Come on, and Wind Waker, and Giddy Up whilst riding Epona in The Twilight Princess. Hmm. He does a lot of, like... He does a lot of sounds in like. I'll, 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 I'll give you this. This fact does exclude just like the general hat and, and stuff like that. Okay. This is like actual. He says words. I mean, the thing is, like, as as somebody that's played a lot of the games, one of the things is like Link doesn't talk. So like, even even when you say like in he says "come on" in Wind Waker, 
don't know, to me it was always more of a sound that kind of sounded like, come on, but not really. So that's like, mm. I, it makes me think that there might be more iterations, like, or more like, chant, like, instances where people think like, oh yeah, that's him talking, or like, that's him saying words. But I don't know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I I'm gonna go with the one um about Octorox because I think that's a cool fact. I think that there are Octorox in every Zelda game. So so, so so the Octoroks are the only enemies to appear in every Zelda game. That's the one you're going for. Uh yeah. I'm gonna be so wrong, aren't I? That's the lie. No! Sorry. <laughs> it's is it some other creature? Yeah, so the truth for that one is it's the Staphyloskeleton. Oh, Stalfos. Oh the Staphos. Oh the the sta sta Staphlos. Stalfos? Stalfos. Stalfos. It's S-T-A-L-F-O-S. Stalfos. Well, then I spelled it wrong. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, those are the ones that appear in every Zelda Aww. game. The, the true fact is that he's only spoken twice in Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. I knew it had to be that one. Okay. Yeah. okay. You were you were totally right though for for the very first one because it was that it was Soul Calibur two and it and he was the extra character on the GameCube version of the game. Mm-hmm. However, one for three correct. Uh, fake gamer alert. Fake. fake. <laughs> we need like Garrett. I need an alarm blowing right now, please. Uh, I'm fake. Okay. Uh, just well. a hook comes down, pulls you off, and we replace you with just some other host. <laughs> this was all a test, and I failed. Ah. <laughs> uh. Alrighty. Well, thank you for that fun bonus round, uh, even if I am a fake fan. Um, I I really, I'm going to be honest, I really made it hard because I was like, I know Brendan does know a lot about Zelda, so I need to make it difficult, otherwise he's just going to get everything right. If I just do random trivia, he's probably going to know it. (laughs) So I dove a little deep and made it a bit more complicated. Yeah. No, that was fun. I liked it. Thank you for that, Jordan. Of course. Thank you. I I had a great time. All right, y'all, we've made it to the end of this show, this episode about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We want to know, uh, what did you think of Breath of the Wild? Uh, is it a good addition to the Legend of Zelda series? Does it miss the mark because it hasn't, uh, didn't follow the ideas of its predecessors? You feel free to let us know. And also, if you have any ideas for future discussions about our show, send us an email at 3VOPodcastTeam at gmail.com and give us some ideas. And make sure to comment, like, subscribe to our show, and we'll see you next time. 